Hello, and welcome back to the Cosmic Coffee Shop. Hi, guys. I am your host, Dakota Benfield. And I'm your other host, Georgia Meekert. This is our first virtual episode. Uh, Dakota and I are not in the same location today, so we are uh, struggling through the technical difficulties of being uh, slightly unequipped college kids doing a (laughs) podcast with cardboard boxes full of foam. But we're figuring it out. We're getting there. We're making it work. We've got a pretty good setup. Yeah, I, f- I feel good. I feel like it's sort of professional. I I don't have coffee this week, but I am completely wired on NOS energy. Uh, <laughs> what is NOS energy? NOS energy. It is my uh, favorite way to get wired on caffeine. Uh, it's, it's like uh, these giant canisters of uh, pure jet fuel. That you can sit there and just drink and not die from. And it's great. I, I got one back in Silva as I was leaving to come uh, to my parents' place. And I I just I can't stop like jittering or shaking. It's great. Now, it's great. is NOS not what they put into uh, the like the illegal race cars in Fast and Furious? It is. It is exactly what they put into the illegal race cars in Fast and Furious. Uh, that fact, concerns me. Quite a no, bit. that's just how they're able to go so fast. Um, that's <laughs> zoom, <why> zoom. I, <laughs> speed, I am speed, you know, uh, rip to my boy Lightning McQueen. Anyway. Today I have had one really average coffee from a $7 coffee maker I convinced my mom to buy in 2012. And I've spent the entire rest of the day cooking Thanksgiving food. Um, by the time this is out, you will have probably already celebrated Yield Thanksgiving, and I hope it was a fun, safe time. But today I just made a lot of food, and I am, you know, feeling a little weary from that adventure. <laughs> what did you make? What was your favorite thing? Oh, my favorite thing that I made um, was completely unplanned. I really like making meringues, like meringue cookies. And so I made some of those because my sister made up chocolate pie and was like, I'm going to throw out these egg whites. And I was like, nay, I shall bake with them. But I also made cranberry sauce and cinnamon rolls and biscuits. And tomorrow I'll make mac and cheese. And then I help my mom make pasta for dinner. Um, so we really had a, a quite lovely time. I enjoyed cooking with my mom. But um, overall, I did get pretty tired. Valid, valid. I couldn't even imagine. My mom is literally in the other room right now cooking Thanksgiving food. Uh, I she got back home. She saw me for like uh, ten minutes, and then I was like, "Okay, I gotta go. I gotta go record." She goes, "I guess, I guess I'll see you tomorrow." <laughs> I guess I'll uh, see you later then. <laughs> so, Georgia, what did you learn this week? What's a cool factoid? Here's the cool factoid. I, I've actually learned quite a bit this week. Um, in a lot of different things, like boring things, like I learned about index funds, and I got officially certified in CPR uh, in CPR and first aid, which were like fun. But uh, the interesting, really fascinating thing that'll carry me much further than those silly facts um, is that Brussels sprouts taste better than they used to. Uh, scientifically, mm. they taste better than they used to. So Wait, what? Yeah. When I was a kid, um, I, I didn't eat Brussels sprouts. I never even tried them. I was a very, very picky eater. You would not see me near anything green um, or really anything that was of any texture besides uh, goldfish texture. Um, so I didn't eat Brussels sprouts. But I always read books that were like like children's books. I'd be like, Brussels sprouts are the grossest food. They're so gross. They're so nasty. Um, and I would hear like people my parents' age talk about how gross Brussels sprouts were. 
Um, and then I start. I tried Brussels sprouts this year, and I was like, these are fine. There's nothing wrong with these. These taste good. Um, and so I, I did some research recently where I was like, why did everybody say they tasted so nasty? Did, did my taste buds just mature? Did they just develop? And there's actually nothing wrong with them. And it turns out that about like 20 odd years ago, when we were born, um, they were like, Brussels sprouts taste absolutely nasty, and we need people to buy them because they're really easy to grow. And so they started crossbreeding them with other vegetables that don't taste so dang nasty. Um, and they bred out this thing called, I wrote it down, glucosinolates, which are what make green vegetables uh, bitter. And so they bred it out to, like, to a certain degree um, so that it wouldn't taste bitter anymore. And it was efficient. And now they taste great. And I thought this was incredibly fascinating. But what else is fascinating on the same topic is that not everybody thinks glucosinolates are bitter they're like do you know the cilantro gene yeah like the with, same thing mm-hmm. it's it's not the same gene but right some if you don't know about the cilantro thing some people think that cilantro tastes like soap because it's like a genetic thing and some people think it tastes really good um a side tangent of that is that i thought i didn't have the soap gene but i talked to some people who definitely don't have the soap gene um and it turns out i just don't mind the taste of soap you're just over here like, mm, 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 give me that dove. Like, I would never I would never seek out cilantro or soap to put in my mouth. But if there's cilantro on something, I'm like, okay, there's cilantro on here. I don't love how cilantro tastes, but like, it sort of doesn't taste like soap, probably. Um, but as I've never eaten soap, who, how am I to know? And so... Um, wait, wait, wait. You've never eaten soap? Not on purpose. That wasn't part of your diet as a kid? No, like, like I've gotten ever- soap in my mouth, like on accident. Oh. But I've never been, like, fed soap or been, like, mm, soap time. You were never fed soap by your parents? No. Wow. You were missing out. Really missing out. Then, uh, one time I said a curse word, and mm-mm-mm, that soap, pretty great. It was, like, hand soap, too. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't like, it wasn't, like, a bar of soap. Did it, it work? Like, they squ- it did not. It did fucking not. <laughs> it did, uh, absolute jack shit. <laughs> Laying it on a little thick there, bud. But hey, it tasted great, so you know. Hey, you know, whatever. maybe you don't have the um, cilantro gene, but but the that gene, uh, there's a similar one where vegetables just don't taste bitter to you, and you're the healthiest person alive. Congratulations! Here's your high five and some broccoli. Have a good time. Um, anyway, Brussels sprouts taste better than they used to, and you should go try some if you think that they're nasty, because they're better now. They fixed it with science. They did it. They fixed Brussels sprouts for everyone. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! Finally, I can eat those tiny little cabbages and they won't taste like dirt. It's all I've ever wanted, truly. Yeah, so that's my fact. What about you, my, my friend? What did you learn this week? I... <laughs> Geese. Geese. Earlier when we I... were setting up the podcast, because Cody's on FaceTime right now, and I just hear him going, geese, geese. And I immediately, without question, joined in with geese, geese. And I was like, why did either of us do that? <laughs> well, here's the reason for it. Uh, because, because Chinese police use geese squads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, you've heard of police dogs, but police geese? As of 2013, 12 police stations in ru- a rural area of China have begun to use geese as sentries. 
um, apparently it's because they're like alert animals and make a lot of noise. Um, so the Chinese law law enforcement's uh, taking advantage of that. And while apparently this trend has yet to spread through all of China, uh, Don Juan police claim that the geese have already stopped one theft. One theft! They did it! They did their job! I'm going to be honest, I am certain that geese are far more criminal than actual crime fighters. I was bitten by a goose as a child. I never recovered. I think they are the meanest animal ever. If you want to not feel good look up geese teeth on google images cody would you like to look up geese teeth on google images i would love to look up geese teeth on google images it will not make your day any better oh i'm sure (sighs) (laughs) 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 they're just like (sighs) sharks but worse yeah, and they also have the teeth on their tongue. Yeah. What the hell? They have the teeth on their tongue. That's a natural... I hate that. I really hate that. Yeah, like, geese are very mean. But I'm like, I'm glad that like they're they're feeling some purpose. I I guess so. I feel like the reason they uh, use them is because they are mean. Like, I, I would fear a goose if it like ran up to me and I was like robbing some poor old lady or something. And like a goose runs up and starts like snapping at me. I'm running away. That's terrifying. Oh, yeah. No, they're they really are very frightening. I, I would not do any crimes if I knew a geese would try to get me. If I, I, I'm not going to do any crimes anyway, but if I was going to do crimes, I would not do it if the geese were the police. The police. The, wait, the pagees. <laughs> the the pagees. It took me too long to get to that pun. You're right. The police geese. The geese police. The pagees. The pagees. <laughs> Beware the pagees. Uh, abolish oh, the pagees. <laughs> A pag. <laughs> All police are geese. A <laughs> pag. Start a trend. Go crazy, internet. <laughs> our our editor asked us not to um, laugh over each other too much because we're recording virtually. Um, oh well. A pag. All police are geese. <laughs> That's got to be the episode title. It's oh yeah, no, the episode title is for sure. All police are geese. <laughs> um, well, anyway, speaking of our episode title, yeah. I guess it's probably time to get into that episode. I guess it yeah. is. So grab your coffee um, and, and take a seat. We're going to talk about our lives. <laughs> we'll see you in a minute. Bye. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, folks. <laughs> We've returned, but this time with a guest. Oh, oh my, it's my dear sister, Maggie. Hello, it's me. <laughs> She's sitting beside me right now. It's, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited to be here. This is my sister, Maggie, who's also my friend. We've known each other for my whole life. Not all of hers, though, because she's older. That's how it works. Those couple of years were just the best, I'm sure. I think she enjoyed them significantly. There's a picture of us from when I was born. I look like a deranged gummy bear, and Maggie looks very displeased that I exist. She was in more indifferent. More, more indifferent? indifferent. Yeah. Uh, and then she proceeded to speak to me uh, not even once until I was four. Yeah. 
When she was born in the hospital, I brought her one of those big lollipops, like the shape of a ping pong ball. And yeah. And my mom just like set it on the shelf and she was like, thanks, Maggie. And then I just don't remember anything until you were like four. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. When did, you, when did you tell me we could be real friends? When you were 16? 16. Yeah, 16. When I was 16, we could be real friends. And then we became mm. real friends and now we are. Now we are. We've been real friends ever since. We've been real friends since that day. It's been eight years. (laughs) It has not been eight years. You're right. Yeah, five. Was there like some kind of bar she had to pass when she like turned 16? Yeah, I was like, I think I had this idea in my head that like I couldn't be, you know, seen in public with anybody younger than 16 because it would just seem like babysitting. So it's like when Mm. you're 16, then we might feasibly hang out in real life. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, my mom would pay me to let Maggie pretend she was babysitting me, but then she would be like, but you're going to be in charge. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, just make, she's like, Maggie's in charge technically, I don't but if anything it. goes wrong, you're, it's you. And I was like, I'm nine years old. Thank you very much. This will do for just nicely. I mean, she'd also give me a gift for your birthday parties if I promised to be quiet and calm the whole time. Maggie so. was a big That's a win. Bribery works. Bribery, Bribery always works. Mm-hmm. My my parents used to do that with my little brother. Uh, to get him to do chores, they would get him like those fifteen dollar PlayStation gift cards, and they'd just be like, "Yeah, go out there and do all your Saturday chores, and you there you go, you'll get it." And he would buy like ten Fortnite skins or something. I love it. Hey, are you a parent? Consider bribing your kids. It it might work. <laughs> well, anyway, I guess we'll I guess we'll get right into it. Um, are, we? are we? Are you ready? No. Well, Maggie's not it. ready. Anyway, we can get into who are you? I am Maggie. I am George's older sister. Uh, I live in San Diego. Mm. I am a computer engineer. What am I? feel like these are just attributes. Like, yeah, who these am are things I? you do yeah. and like people you're related to. But like, who are you to mm. yourself? Um, yeah, I'm. I'm normally sarcastic. I'm working on being more helpful. <laughs> I'm working on trying to be nice. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to be more kind of a person. Um, okay, but yeah, I think I am very ambitious. I am. I'm, I think I'm very adaptable as a person. Mm-hmm. Very adaptable. I'm very. Um, I think I, as a kid, I was bossy, and now I'm just trying to be like. Um, what's the word for that? It starts with an A. You assertive. Know? Assertive. Yeah, I'm trying to be yeah. assertive. Yeah, mm-hmm. channel my bossiness into. A business situation. Yeah. Put a put a blazer on your bossiness. Exactly. Yeah. It's, going, it's right. going pretty well. It's going pretty well. It's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of personal growth there. Definitely. That's a good, yeah. that's a good lead in. Those are some good like <laughs> Well, uh, Maggie, so we know who you are, but what is your favorite piece of media? I've been so stressing out about this question because I like yeah. so much media. I feel like media is like like, I don't know, like, the, the joy of life, I guess. Yeah. Let's, so. let's like, break it down into, like, what are yeah. some out of categories like, things. of things that uh, yeah. impacted you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, growing up as a kid, I – we didn't really watch TV a lot. My parents were big on, like, like they didn't want us to become cookie-cutter children who could only play Game Boy and didn't couldn't carry conversation. But we always right. had a ton of books. Um, we were super lucky to have that. So I've been mm. – I feel like – I remember my very early memories was like bringing like a James Bond book. I think it was Octopussy. And I brought it into <laughs> my mom was in the shower and I brought it in. I was like, hey, mom, this is about an octopus. Can I read this? And she was like, absolutely not. She's like butt naked, gets out of the shower, takes it out of my hand. She's like, absolutely not. You can't read that. It's really and- important to note that Maggie learned to read at age three and no one taught her to read. Yeah. She was just like, mm, I can do that now. What? 
Oh, that's sick. Just self-taught reader. Oh my god. Yeah, I was like it's sitting in the um the little bench in the cart in the grocery cart being pushed around. And I used to like read dirty cards out, and my grandmother would like be cover my mouth like absolutely stop reading those cards, Maggie. What are you doing? <laughs> An affinity for curse words. Exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah. So yeah, reading books. I don't know. I I loved anything fantasy series like anything that would mm-hmm. kind of take i feel like i really love to like imagine worlds so anything that would like take me out of my life into like some fantasy thing i was always really fascinated by yeah and then um like my my biggest one is probably music just because i like have listened to music for as long as i can remember and so i think i found a lot of really important like bands and musical genres like when i was kind of like in high school like getting like sort of in church and like a lot of my friends just listened to christian music and i like it just wasn't it wasn't really my vibe and yeah. i had like lots of oldies that my parents would listen to so i think like finding new stuff for myself kind of figuring out mm-hmm. finding a middle was. ground so music was really important there what was what was uh one of those bands that you found uh i always loved uh the band brand new sort of like like punky but um mm-hmm. but yeah they felt I feel like they got me to some rough times i was just like like, like, they had, like, darker stuff, and then some things that were lighter, and very much, like, I feel like the kind of, like, like, sort of, like, Southern Christian-ish, but then also, like, very kind of rejecting that. Mm-hmm. I think that really spoke to me yeah. when I was younger. Do you feel like your music taste has evolved with your personality? Oh my god, definitely, yeah. yeah. How has it changed? Um, I, I feel like now I... I mean, I, I played music for a lot, of, a lot of years, so I think I really value, like, like melodies and instrumentation, like, as much as I, as I do great lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so I think the whole picture... But I think as I've gotten older, I've... I definitely like a lot of things now that my parents used to like and I used to hate. Um, so, like, lots of older things. I used to, I used to hate Nora Jones, and they always loved Nora Jones. And now I'm like, Nora Jones is honestly really solid. Yeah. She's a total vibe. Um, I, honestly, yeah. if you haven't listened to Nora Jones, <laughs> check her out. She's great. Honestly. And then, yeah, lots of stuff people have recommended to me. Yeah. I feel like I listen to lots of, like, like R&B and, like, jazzy stuff now mm. that I hadn't in the past. Just because mm. that's kind of where my taste evolved. So yeah. I like music that kind of, like, calms me down and is, yeah, yeah. maybe not chill, but I guess, like, sort of level, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, want, I think I kind of think it's, like, a part of growing up is, like, finding like a music that that makes you feel like at, kind of at home cody i was kind of interested to get like your point of view as well yeah on that when you're when you're a kid or a teenager and you're developing your music taste how mm-hmm. insistent we are that it has to be ours and not our parents it's like yeah. i have to yeah. be my own person now and also that means i can't like what you like and it's like how does that evolve yeah. when you're like you get older and you're like no i do have traits like my parents and also it's okay. i can like the same music absolutely yeah no, for sure. In high school, I listened to My Chemical Romance. That was my band. And I was like, yes. Oh, it's nothing like my parents. It's mine. And like, I don't know. Even now, I don't have too much in common with my parents with music. But like, there's some things where I'm like, yeah, okay, you, you had a point. So like, and I think everyone eventually comes to that. And we find out that, oh, maybe we're a little bit more like our parents than we wanted to be but like that's okay i feel like in middle school i listened to a lot of screamo like mostly just because i knew my parents would hate it and less because i really liked it and then i started to be like okay like i don't have to be contrary in everything i can also just listen to things because i think they're good yeah yeah so right what does being contrary mean to you i think i i have lots of ideas about things like about media and music and people and like doing whatever I think the opposite of that is. Mm. But then I think it took me a while to realize that a lot of times those are kind of self-imposed. Like, yeah, my the way I feel about something is, like, 
can change over time. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be hard and fast all mm-hmm. throughout mm-hmm. my life. So you mentioned like a little bit about like being younger mm-hmm. and how like media impacted you when you were younger. But just like overall, what are some of your favorite memories from childhood and your teen years? Mm. A solemn nod from Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah. now I can think of no memories, but also so many ones. Um, I don't know. My, I mean, my family would always go to Hilton Head to the beach as a vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like it was like a small thing. It was like we would go in the summers, but it was like it was like a consistent thing. And so I feel like for one week every year. I could pretend like I was like a kid in an 80s movie, you know, going to live out my summer dreams you with my annoying family and I was the main character. And so I feel I feel like that always it like the, at, at the time it meant a lot cuz it was just like this special, you know, removal from my life in Concord, North Carolina, you mm-hmm. know, going to school at home right. and going to biology class. I I think looking back on it, it was like cool to have like such a consistent benchmark for like like every went every year about the same time yeah. and so it was like seeing my cousins and seeing how much everything changed and then over time as our family dynamic changed like how people interacted still i think yeah. was really formative watching us like grow we, we have yeah. a lot of pictures in the same locations exactly it's cool really to see over time mm-hmm. um just how that worked out yeah that. watching us literally change watching your hair color change not the hair color <laughs> oh. i want i want to hear about your many colors of hair what like what yeah so, what the, was that so the first you? time i came back i came up from summer camp in middle school um and i i was always blonde and i had dyed somebody dared me to like do red sharpie in my hair like a, on a little strip and i i, so I did it like the last day of camp <laughs> and then i came home and my mom was like what in the world's in your hair is like what did you even do that with and i don't think i even told her i think i finally admitted it was sharpie and then i I didn't want it to go away so i kept just like coloring back in and she'd be like did you color that again i'm like no of course not it's just this bright sharpie's so good (laughs) Um, and then i i slept over my friend's house maybe a year later and i did like the hot pink in the front of it she dyed it 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 looked looked okay and my mom was finally like you know i'll let you color your hair but please at least like go to a salon so you don't just look so rough. Yeah. Um, and so then I started just like going and doing more and more ridiculous hair colors. So I think I just about had everything. Yeah. What was yeah. like, did it like that express something for you or was it like, yeah, it's like, I'm so wearing eyeliner. I dyed my hair pop like blue, whatever. I, I, I think I was, re- I was really Hot concerned wind. when I was younger, like what people thought of me. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I was very uncomfortable with myself just like as an emotional being mm-hmm. and like as a, I, I think I wanted to be, like, really different from, like, what the standard, like, what I thought normal was. Yeah. And so, and I, and I also was not comfortable being vulnerable around people. And so, it's, like, firstly, on the one hand, it's, like, the exact opposite from everybody around me. It's very different. Mm-hmm. But then also, it it's kind of a, like, a mask to keep me from having to, like, really authentically interact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it keeps me from having to be vulnerable and be emotional and be, like... Mm-hmm. I guess feel like I'm not always in control. Yeah. So I think it was like a thing I could control um that could kind of could be my own. I could do whatever I wanted with it and then was really different from people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. More of a defense That's mechanism, really cool. I guess. That's an really interesting like um Yeah. Like uh, oh, we've talked about before, like the the frogs that are bright blue because you're not supposed to eat them. Yeah, right. I yeah. guess it's like a little bit like, hey, yeah, I, maybe don't, maybe don't push me. <laughs> don't Honestly. mess with me. <laughs> I got blue hair. <laughs> I'm edgy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what from your life has shaped what you believe? Mm. Um, what from my life? So I, so growing up, um, my family wasn't really religious. A lot of the, my people in my family had parents and grandparents who were and so they kind of like 
didn't really continue that in their lives. And so I had, I mean, my grandmother has always been super, super, like, spiritual, mystical, like, very mm-hmm. into angels and zodiac and things like that. Really cool. Um, yeah. Which is kind of the opposite from the rest of my family. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, I think, like, early on, I think I had that influence of her, like, like very much, like, follow your heart, manifest things, and stuff like that. Um, and then I, when I was getting older, I guess in middle school, my family started going to church. Personally, just because we knew a lot of people went to church. It seemed like a good community. Jordan and I kind of wanted that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We wanted so, any social interaction exactly. ever. And so that other end of the spectrum is like being in a, a really Christian environment and with a lot of people who were raised Christian have always been Christian and like like their beliefs were so much different. I think seeing that like I had so many friends who couldn't read Harry Potter or celebrate Halloween or like I would send books with them and their parents would send them back because they were, you know, too secular or something. Whoa, so like that, like yeah. like we always had a lot of like freedom of thought. I, I, th- I guess the most defining thing was like that we even as children had the like ability from our parents to kind of choose what we believed and kind of the encouragement as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so like meeting so many kids who didn't have that at all, I think was really kind of shaped me because even though I was like, I I was really Christian for a while that I think it was all, I always knew I was different because I kind of had the ability to choose that. And a lot of the people I was around like didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's super interesting. I, Mm. I was never, given that like option really i mean i knew i didn't quite agree with it Mm. growing up there were like specific moments where i was like hmm Mm. maybe i just don't actually believe it but like yeah that's i think it's really important to like give your kids that choice definitely yeah absolutely because they're people like Mm. they can think for themselves yeah so yeah yeah. so are you awesome religious now what do you believe in um for for a while I, I wasn't I went was in church, left church mostly because I like like got to know a lot of people who were gay realized I was gay um, and that really didn't align with like the theology that I learned in church um, <laughs> yeah. and I was like I was kind of involved in like Christian apologetics and so that's very much like arguing against you know every perspective like that um, and so I think I kind of battled with myself over it for a while but once I got to college I finally was like this. Like, this doesn't add up. You know, so many people yeah. that I know are going to hell for such small things. Like, that seems kind of sus. Um, <laughs> Something here is not yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> not that it's exactly. sus. <laughs> and so, so then I kind of think I kind of slid. Like, I wasn't really sure what to do. And I, for a while, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I just, like, very scientific. I, I was in a science major. So I was like, I'm just I, I atheist agnostic. You know, that's just easier than believing in something. Um, right. And in the past couple of years, I mean, mostly this year, I think, really, I've kind of... um like gotten more into i think more with my like my grandmother's side of spirituality and i think with the idea that like you can you know believe in a higher power without being religious which i think for me for a while was hard because those two things were really intertwined Mm -hmm. and then at least in the past couple of years i think i've been more comfortable with like being able to be spiritual and like i i do a lot of meditation um and things Mm -hmm. like that and like be like connected with something that's not just yourself in the universe um right without subscribing to exactly a religion or you know it always bothered me like putting down other religions even though it, it just seems so clear that they all kind of connect to the same thing to me at least mm-hmm. um right so i think being able to kind of have more freedom over what i believe and not just subscribe to a set set of something has been pretty freeing so yeah. that's kind of where i'm at right now is there a spiritual practice you've picked up in your adulthood that you didn't really practice at all when you were younger that impacts your life now 
Um, I don't know. I would. I feel like I would say something like Buddhism, but I, I feel bad saying that because I don't really practice any Buddhism. I don't really know a whole lot about it. But I, I, I meditation has been really helpful for me, and I think I've mm-hmm. I've found a lot of, I think like peace within myself and peace about like how I interact with the rest of the universe and kind of realizing how yeah. deeply things are connected. Yeah. From that. Um, yeah. So I think it's like on my to do list. Of things to read about because I might be Buddhist, but right now, you know, <laughs> I'm not intense enough to be. I remember I, recently, a possible Buddhist. Yeah, yeah you yeah, recently asked me to send you some stuff, yeah, and then I just did. never did. So I haven't helped your spiritual <laughs> okay, journey. So a couple at weeks all. after that, one of my friends who moved to Europe recently <clears throat> um, was getting rid of everything in his house, and he had like four books on like the Tao and Buddhism and everything, and picked them all up. Wow. I've not read them yet, wow. but like I have those now. Like that I might like really be cool Buddhist sign. at the end of this. We'll hey, you know what? Hey, there's enough Christians yeah. that own Bibles and don't read them. So exactly. I feel like you can call yourself a Buddhist. Exactly. So I, I don't know. Something, you know, spiritual, open. Not exactly yeah. a religion now, but at some point, who knows? I, I think that's a good thing. Like a good place to be, though. Like having that higher power there, but not having to sit there and label it. Just knowing it's there. Um we talked a couple episodes ago to our friend Sam Rod, who is atheist, and he essentially said he basically gets the same like spiritual satisfaction from like realizing that he's so small in the universe and uh, that there, you know, maybe more there might not be, but like kind of letting it go gives him the same like feeling spiritually. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's super cool. Yeah, I think I I was I I I felt like. For a while, atheism kind of felt like a right fit, and then it, I, I felt like it was almost as combined, confining as Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I fall into the trap of kind of explaining things away and, like, needing to have an explanation for everything. And so I think I was, like, trying to do the same thing for there not being a god as I was mm-hmm. trying to prove that there was one. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think just trying to find some balance and openness has been healthier for me, I guess, than yeah. really fitting into a box. How does that Absolutely. freedom of not explaining everything change how you interna- interact with the world and with the things that like happen in your life? I I don't know. I think it, I think it changes everything. Um, I I don't know. I think I set less rigid expectations, mm-hmm. um, and I don't hold other people to such high standards. Mm-hmm. I I, yeah. I I definitely that, I feel like that's a trap I still fall back into because I've spent more years of my life doing that. Yeah, but it I think as a whole makes me more open to what other people believe and what they're doing with their lives than yeah. I have in the past. That's awesome. So yeah. I love that. That's great. So, uh, what would you say brings you the most joy in life? I think for a while, I, I don't know, I think I've spent a lot of my life, like, trying to find something that would, like, like do good for other people and would seem good on paper, you know, and, and mm. try and, like, find passion in those things and, like like that isn't necessarily the best strategy um right so i don't know i think i think i love i love solving problems i like helping people i like applying knowledge that i have to problems that other people have um so i think that brings me a lot of joy like being able to use like whatever knowledge or skills i have to help out somebody else yeah um so yeah i think that's not i I would say helping people but i think that sort of implies it's a lot more selfless um, right. <laughs> I do like helping people, but I think I find joy of like finding that intersection of like somebody else's needs and like what I can provide. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I've kind of commented on a lot more this year, and that's been really interesting mm-hmm. to me. What's like something specific that you've done in that area? Uh, what is something I've done in that area? 
I okay. I so I've been I've been trying to um kind of like lend he- tech help to like friends and nonprofits and things. Yeah. So I've, I've done I've had a couple of instances of that um mm-hmm. that have gone really well. But even just I think like like I I work at a software company and so like. Like, even just work-related things. Like, mm-hmm. as a whole, it's not my favorite, you know? But, like, those times when yeah. I'm able, like, somebody's trying to solve something and I have the piece of knowledge that fits in and makes it, makes something work or is able to provide them a solution. And the, I guess the whole team sometimes is, yeah. like, I think that's really joyful for me and really exciting. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Finding satisfaction in work like that, incredible. Yeah. We talked recently about how, um, like, anything that requires creativity and brings joy is like what we consider mm-hmm. art to be and so like yeah. here i w- we were using like math as an example but like when i when i see you like solve like very difficult analytical problems i yeah. kind of see that same like there i there's no mm-hmm. way i could do that that feels like yeah. art to me i think way. anything that yeah. that requires analysis i think i i yeah. find very joyful yeah <laughs> it's like a it's like a specialty its own like specialty in art I think I think that's so cool. Like ever since we talked about it, I can't like stop thinking about that. And now I'm now I see art just everywhere. I'm like, oh, everyone when they like use their own like specific genius or their own like speciality, like that's art. That's awesome. That's, so cool. mm, that's amazing. Mm. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, my 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 next set of quest qu- questions. The next set Your of next set of Christians. Oh no. <laughs> uh oh. My next <laughs> chopping block. Let's go. My next set of questions um kind of switches gears. Um so one of the questions I wanted to ask is what is your favorite thing about yourself? Hmm. What is my favorite thing about myself? Um Yeah, I don't I think I'm I am not afraid to stand up to people. I think mm. I'm I'm usually i try and be pretty open and honest um and i think that applies like there aren't exceptions like i i think i'm it doesn't matter if somebody's a lot higher up on the ladder than me or if i've never met them before or something like i think i'm Mm -hmm. normally willing to like speak my mind or be honest or if they i feel like they've slided somebody or me then i'm yeah like not afraid to talk about that Mm -hmm. um and i think it's it's only been in the past few years that I've realized like that's not necessarily a typical thing. Like that's hard for a lot of people to do, yeah. and a lot of people will like have tr- have an issue with somebody and just never discuss it. And yeah. like it'll just always be there. Like it's just never handled. Mm-hmm. Um, Bravery is rare. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I think being able to um, like like be assertive and speak up about things, it, it, particularly on behalf of other people, is something yeah. I am. I guess. Do you say do you say like about yourself? Your favorite thing about yourself. But, uh, yeah, I think that's something I, uh, one of my favorite things about myself. Yeah, that's really cool. Is yeah. there, like, a way that that applies to, I don't, like, like your broad life? Like, not just, like, specific yeah. interactions? Do you find that you, like, stand up to yourself sometimes or stand up to, like, issues as a whole? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I try to. Standing up to myself, I'm maybe not always the best about. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, as a... Yeah. I think I'm working on applying that to everything. I think it's easier yeah. with other people. It's, I, I'm yeah, kind of with issues as well, con, yeah. like concepts and things going on, like just injustices in general. But yeah, I think I'm trying to do that within my own self is mm. tough. Yeah, fighting yeah. those battles on small mm. and large scale is always difficult. I I always find it easier to sit there and try to get involved with other people's you know issues whether it's helping them or just talking to them about it uh than ever dealing with my own because i can just put that shit on the back burner and pretend it's not there yeah. uh, it's I not going anywhere <laughs> it's not but yeah. it'll get charred so I like you know be, to 
like, I guess encounter people that, like, encounter people that rub, rub me the wrong way, and then I <laughs> don't, I'm, I think I'm getting faster at it, but I, usually the reason that they do is because they're a lot like me in some way, even mm-hmm. if it's a small way, and so I think I'm working on, like, when somebody's bothering me to kind of look inside myself and think, like, what about me is not agreeing with that person? Like, what, mm-hmm. it, because it's not just that they're, I feel like I have a problem with them, but also it, it's something about me that is, I'm kind of bothered by as well. Right. Our, our mom always called people like that sandpaper people. She's like, when you meet somebody who rubs you the wrong way, they're just smoothing out all the rough edges. Uh, and I like, I hated that. But now it's I'm like, that's mm, true. Oh, <laughs> really good advice. <laughs> Some people yeah. got that 40 grit, like, get out of your face. <laughs> it's really <laughs> annoying. But it oh, helps. It, it helps us find, like, what parts of ourselves are, are sticking mm. out. And you're like, ugh, I don't know if I yeah. want to be like that anymore. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's really intriguing. Um, speaking of, like, things you don't want to be anymore, uh, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, where did you think you'd be right now? I'm, I gotta think about how old I was. Okay, 10 years ago, I was 14. What was I doing when I was 14? I, when I was 14, I was... Yeah, I think I just thought I was gonna be a horse trainer. I was with horses all we the time. We really need to back up and address like, that you, Maggie was a horse we girl. Need to, like, there are so many things oh. in my life. I've, cha- I've reinvented myself absolutely completely, like, 1,700 times. <laughs> like, there are so many things I've done. But yeah, yeah. I, I not only was I a horse girl, but I was, like, gonna train horses. And that was gonna be my whole job like she that's what literally had a horse yeah 14 years ago i was like Whoa. training a baby foal and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna i was like considering like keeping it and i was like if i keep this like i'm gonna that's gonna change the course of my college experience etc yeah um, you're, yes. you're like this is it yeah this, i'm committing to this is life now basically yeah. which is a big commitment which, at 14 which, particularly when i was also doing like 19 other things at once <laughs> and i was like also yeah. like but i might also you know be a professional stage manager or yeah. be an evangelist or this or this yeah. so what about five years ago five years ago um it's 19 I, okay, five five years ago I was gonna. Then I was um, trying to gr- trying to study music and electrical engineering, and I was gonna do. Um, I spent a long time in audio engineering, which I really really loved, but I felt like it was a combination of like it wasn't always enough of a mental challenge, and then I didn't. It was just already exhausting to live paycheck from paycheck, and I was like the <laughs> concept of like constantly doing contract work forever was really exhausting. Um, but I went to a school that wasn't an art school because they were all the ones I got into were so expensive. So I went to University of Charlotte, um, and I was gonna like combine these degrees and like keep working three jobs at the same time and then graduate and like you know become an audio engineer. Um, and I had high hopes for that. So yeah, I had I would have you I could not have guessed that I'd be I don't know I feel like my goal was like to do that and to leave the South and like <laughs> now I I definitely think I'd be proud to say that. I, left us out but i don't think i would yeah. be, i don't think i would have recognized myself if i had met me now then you know yeah right is it just like career difference like what no no no, no. Yeah. I, I think my whole like outset was different like I, yeah. I think i am so much more secure in myself like i'm much more self-confident than i was then like, i really didn't have a lot of confidence i didn't really know what i wanted mm-hmm. um or how to really interact with other people what so. gives you confidence now uh, I think not looking to other people for it, like mm. like knowing that that comes from within myself partially, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, I think just so, some of it is like back then I think I was really like sensitive to rejection and stuff, and I think 
the older you get and the more you experience that, the less bad it feels, you know? Like, when you have experience with rejection and feeling bad and Mm -hmm. being in awkward social situations, it just starts to feel less weird. So I think that just more experience, I guess. Yeah. If you could tell your younger self three sentences of advice what was those what would those three sentences be Mm. okay i've thought about this one i remember two of the ones i thought of amazing (laughs) that you're you're two-thirds of the way there there. she was prepared yeah oh my first one would be stop giving so much of a fuck what everybody else thinks about you Mm. because i I, spent so Mm -hmm. like i think so many of my decisions and my opinions and everything were so based around like what i how harshly i thought others would judge me and like what i thought they would think of me because i think i thought always thought that the outside world was as critical as me as i was to myself mm. um right. and so that i think that's the that's a big one is just like like i think like it's hard to figure out your own path if you're so busy like looking to what other people are doing and what they're thinking of you yeah um and then my second one would be to just like slow way down mm-hmm. um i don't think i really got that until i turned 20 and then i like, had a weird moment of, like, holy shit, like, I'm two decades old, and I've done so little, and I've been rushing so hard. Like, ever since I was born, I wanted to be older than I was. Yes! Oh, <laughs> I, I I have never related to a person more, Maggie. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Like, I remember yeah. being a little kid and being like, ugh, when I'm four, I can pour my own ketchup, and when I'm six, yep. I can drink without a lid. And like, and then I was like, oh, I just want to be 16 and then I can drive and I'd be free of this right. house. And then I want to be 18 and I can do whatever I want. And just like constantly, constantly, I'll, when I move yeah. out, then I'll like, my life can start and I'll be free. And then, um, yeah, I think when I got to be 20, I was like, wait a second. Like I've been rushing through like some really important years of my life because like, yeah, they've been kind of sucky, but also there's a lot there that I think I missed because I was rushing. Um, yeah. Right. And so since then, I think I, I think that was probably the biggest shift, I guess, in my mentality. I think it's since then I've like taken little things a lot more seriously and just like taken mm-hmm. more, found more joy in the small parts of my life instead of just trying to jump to the next milestone. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's super important. It like, I don't think I ever w- wasted any of my time, quote unquote, but like I definitely sped through it. And looking back, there were definitely great memories, but it's like. I wish I wish I had had the foresight in that moment to sit there and be like, enjoy it, like sit in it because you've got it once, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of things are yeah. going to get better. And it's like, <clears throat> like, remember it while it's bad because it's going to improve, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So and then my third one, I think, would be um, just trust yourself more. Which I th- it sounds awfully vague, but I think I <laughs> I think I spent a lot of time um like looking for the reassurance of other people and asking other people for advice and things um and and then i would kind of i was sort of desperate for other people's approval and so i would Mm kind of get into situations where i would put their opinion a little higher than my own and that kind of just turned into a complex um Mm, and so it really wasn't until the past couple years i got out of a bad relationship um and realized how much i'd been relying on i guess other people's opinions and thoughts versus Mm -hmm. like really I think I just didn't even trust myself to reckon, recognize a bad relationship or a bad friendship or to know, like, when I need to leave a job or something because I was used to just asking other people. Yeah. Right. Surely yeah. someone else will know better than exactly, me. Exactly, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like, I think that's something that we, like, are all, hopefully, all learning to do in our, like, our first, like, layer of adulthood <laughs> mm. is, is just like, oh, wait, uh, my parents made decisions 
uh, that even brought me into this world. I have to do that now. Exactly. No one can tell me what to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The I think when you're a kid, you're like, when I'm an adult, I'm gonna eat all the candy I want, <laughs> and I will, <laughs> and yeah. I do because I can make my decisions now. And it's like, oh, right. but that also applies to everything you do all the time. So like, you might exactly. as well be confident about it. Yeah. You know. Also, I think your first, yeah. like your first instincts are often right and a yeah. lot of times like we're taught to suppress those and so i think especially if you're looking to other people for validation of those then like you're not really listening to yourself yeah like right. i've been trying trying to get better about like mm-hmm. taking my own i guess instincts and opinions as seriously as i do other people's yeah, yeah. yeah. that's nice that's good i'm gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna steal that and put that <laughs> into my own I, pocket i was about to say literally that's something that i've been struggling with. i need to do that because it oh it's totally tough but like like georgia said figuring out you know when you're a kid if you ever had that moment where you're like oh adults don't know everything i i wish i'd had that moment sooner than i did um just because i'm still working on feeling like oh no one's got all the answers i've got to figure out things myself or like that my own opinions are just as valid as anyone else's Absolutely. Yeah. my dad That's, mentioned that to me like yeah. less than a year ago where he was just like Everybody is faking it, even me. And like to me, my dad knows everything in mm. everything mm-hmm. about everything except for maybe ballet, and he still knows a good bit about that. Um, <laughs> and so when he was like, "I have, I don't, I also am faking it all the time. I'm a fake adult," and I was like, "What mm. does that mean? We're all fake adults. We could all just like be That's children." So yeah. yeah, and I was, I was like, wow. okay, so you're just faking it with, like, some accrued knowledge, and you're just doing the best you can. <laughs> oh okay, I guess I could probably do that yeah. for 60 years or so more years, too. Ooh, that's a lot of years. Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal, anyway. I have True. no idea how many years, like, like nobody yeah. knows, but I'm just like, like, what's a good average? Yeah. I, actually, I realize 60 puts me at, like, 80. That feels good. We're gonna go that's pretty good, like yeah. 60 years. I'm trying to be at least 100. Mac is trying to be at Dude, least a hundred. I'm trying to be at least three hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah. I think if you let's let's before we get into any more heavy questions, when yeah, you yeah. turn a hundred, what is the dumb thing you'll tell all the reporters that you did that you didn't do to get this? All? I'm gonna tell them I ate cake every day because it's gonna be true. I'm gonna eat cake I'm, every day. I'm gonna tell them I ate a pine cone and had seven pet geese. I no think if somebody good. asked me, how did you, Miss, Miss Rickard, how did you get to over 100, I'll just wink and go, <laughs> and that'll be it, <laughs> you know? If I, if I can wink, if I can wink, it would help, but I would just go, what, <laughs> that's all. What if you just pretended to be deaf? Like, they're, they're like, Georgia, Georgia, how did you do it? How'd you live to be, and you're just like, <laughs> a little louder, and I have perfect hearing, because <laughs> yeah, I'm no, of 100 years Super old, and there's nothing hearing. wrong with me. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh oh man <laughs> um so maggie what do you wish more people knew about you Ooh. i don't want people to know anything about me <laughs> <laughs> i, I want to be secret just earlier you, today you were like i wish more people knew that sometimes i like girly things too <laughs> not just practical things and i was like i'm just gonna put this i'm gonna put maggie on blast and put it out of the world and you're like oh my uh, god nothing i live on a secret island in greece <laughs> Honestly, okay, you're you're right though. You're right though. I do. I don't know. I I feel like I don't. I common feedback I get is that people think I'm intimidating and people think I'm scary. Um, mm. 
that's super common. It's, super common. People yeah. are intimidated by me. And I like putting out that facade. But also, I feel like sometimes people, like, continue be, to be intimidated by me for too long, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm also an emotional person. Like, I'm not a sociopath. I'm not mean to everybody. I'm just right. blunt sometimes. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I for, like... For context of how blunt Maggie is, everyone oh who's ever met me in college has told me they thought I was scary. And I didn't understand why that happened because when I was in, like, high school... Uh, people would be like, oh, Maggie is very scary. And her sweet little sister, Georgia, the little fuzzy kind one. And then, like, together we're just, like, invincible. Like, oh. Right. Yeah. RBF oh, you were the days. kind yeah. one? RBF for days. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. are. You are a sensitive and emotional and kind person. I am a sensitive yes. and emotional and kind person. I just have a stoic face. You do have a um, stoic face. But, yeah, strong I'm, jaw. I'm really into bubble baths. I love floral <laughs> things. I like lavender tea. Yeah. This is my first time it's hearing all of this. <laughs> I love that stuff. I like cool scrunchies. Oh, like, yeah. This is cool so scrunchies are now. cool. <laughs> I love this is just, I'm just like scribbling a Christmas list oh on, my God. On, my, on the back of my hand. <laughs> yeah, I like cute stuff. I love a good like flashlight carabiner Christmas present. You know, yeah. that's always useful. I love yeah. that kind of stuff. But also, bubble bath is a great gift. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so the the moral <laughs> of the story just is just like just putting that out there, you know, <laughs> Christmas is coming up. <laughs> the moral of the story is never judge a book by its cover. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Of course. No. Well, anyway, uh, what's the meaning of life? Let's <laughs> just cut see. I ninety degrees. I, you, I listened to your episode of this podcast. It feels very meta to like talk about the podcast on the podcast, but I listened okay. to your episode uh-huh. and you said you felt like the meaning of life was love, and I can't get that out of my head. I'm like trying yeah. to come up with a better answer for the meaning of it. Like, I really can't, you know? <laughs> this like, is what we're rolling such, with. It's such a song. <laughs> it's, oh. it's a good answer. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, fe- I guess I feel like um, love and, and community, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, um, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, like not doing, like, understand that like, you can't do things alone. And also that, like, the joy of life is never going to come for, I mean, I guess maybe for some people. But, like, for the most part, like... I think the things I find most enjoyable are the things that I want to tell other people about or I, I mm. want to experience or, or have experience with other people um, and people right. that mean a lot to me and that I care yeah. about. And so I think that's, for me, it's like, um, like even if your community is really small with just one other person, like yeah. having somebody that you can experience things with and find joy in tiny things with, I think Lack is of companionship is, like, is, is so painful to feel like to feel mm. good, to feel lonely and to feel like but, it is but like loneliness feel like, like having like yeah. the, the few the little bit of quarantine when I was like there were a, like a, like a week or two where I was like actually alone uh, I yeah. can't remember exactly like what had happened where nobody was around and I was like it, it really got to me but I have my dog I have I have a dog yeah. um mm-hmm. and I was like why did I end up getting a dog I yeah. was like I I love to share life with something yes. else yeah um. And I, and I think when we start to see life in everything, it makes mm-hmm. that loneliness start to fade a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. I think there's a big difference yeah. between like being alone and loneliness. And yeah. I, I do think mm-hmm. I have a cat as well. And he's, yes, he's, he's a horrible cat. He's terrible, <laughs> but he exists. And it's like just me sharing my space with a little animal with his tiny brain. Like I don't know, it means a lot. Is to he me. good? No. Exactly. Is he alive? <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> y'all got y'all got those pets. I've got um a couple of plants. I've got a little gnome garden uh in my house, and it's a cool gnome garden. And honestly. I uh there have been a couple of nights where I've just been hanging out by myself and I'll 
I'll talk to my plants. Yeah, well, like what? They're, they're, alive alive too. they're alive too. You, Co- Cody plays uh, the plants. This album called like the Great Plantation. It no, it's it's Plantasia, uh, Mother Earth's Plantasia. It's music for plants. It's made for the plants, and they apparently can like listen to it and enjoy it. Uh, which I think is so cool. You can't yeah. tell me that the need for community and like shared love isn't real until you're playing <laughs> or- orchestral music for your Absolutely. plants. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. That, yeah. That, that's the meaning of life that's right the there. <laughs> Go get a succulent. You're lonely. <laughs> uh, you have to call me out like that uh so <laughs> anyway i guess uh this will bring us to our uh last question so the quick. one i know right i i know you were, you were so intimidated and all it is is us just drilling you for exactly an hour <laughs> i know jeez <laughs> yeah. um so maggie what is the best advice you've ever received see this is the last question i don't, yeah. I just don't have a solid answer you don't have a solid answer for this i don't one? I feel like I gotta think about it for a second. It can even be like, advice you've given yourself. I'll just start talking about some advice. Um, okay. At end of high, end of high school, I was um, really torn on what I was doing next. I didn't really want to go to college. I didn't really like class. Um, mm-hmm. I had lots of different ways I felt like I could go with my life. And I had... I was like... Um, Still doing the horse thing. I was working in a lot of uh, barns. Was still a horse um, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was working, working for different trainers and stuff and trying to do that. <laughs> Um, and I had one that I really respected, and she was, like, super gruff, super hard to get to know, and it was, like, near the end of me working for her, and she, and I kind of had, like, offhandedly mentioned that I wasn't really sure what I was doing, um, and I, I didn't know if I wanted to go to college, I kind of just wanted to, like, get a job and figure it out, mm-hmm. and she was, like, like, just kind of, like, it said really straight to me that, that, like, her biggest regret was that she never went to college, and she felt like it, like, like, made the rest of her life hard like because she didn't had less opportunities and she was kind of like struggled a lot more just because she didn't choose to do that um and i think that was like just like that i think made me take my like the future impact of my choices a lot more seriously um and then i think overall like like going to college and going to the college i chose to go to like absolutely changed the course of my life like it changed the people that i knew the things that i did the way i saw myself and the way i was like that it just like I would not have been the same person. I, I, I know there's, like, lots of ways I could have gone with my life. Um, mm-hmm. And I would have turned out different anyway. But, like, I would, I'm yeah. so different now from the way I was then. And that was largely because I chose to go to the school I went to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that, like, it's not, like, I guess super, like, really poignant advice that I, like, think about, you know, wrote in my diary. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was something that made me change my decisions and ultimately has really mm-hmm. shaped me the person I am today. That would so. no effect. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That's incredible. That's amazing. I, I think it, it really encourages us to like hone in on mm-hmm. the very small impact that your words can have on yeah. others. The very absolutely. small impact that you can have. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. How big that can become. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, Maggie, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Yeah, thank, thank you. For, for joining us and um, we'll be hanging out for the rest of the week because we're home Excellent. for Thanksgiving. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, our, our wonderful Coffee Off listeners, we hope you have a wonderful holiday and we'll, you know, be back soon. I mean, tomorrow's yeah. Thanksgiving. So I, I yeah. hope you had a wonderful holiday. And okay. Thanksgiving is terrible. Yeah, thank, yeah, also Thanksgiving itself is, uh, it's pretty a little bad, risky. Do, read a Look history, history book. And, well, no, actually, don't read a history book because they're all written... For white people, read read a history paper about why Christopher Columbus was a bad person, 
um donate go. to some charities that you feel strongly about as you donate to the cosmic coffee shop as an actor <laughs> be thankful for us and give us five dollars um but no for, for real for for thanksgiving yeah. and christmas this year i'm gonna be donating um money to nice. some charities that i'm really passionate about um maybe take some time to sit back and mm-hmm. think what are you thankful about what really matters to you um are you in a place where you can give back to those places that you care about that are mm-hmm. helping our world heal a little bit in this difficult time um and send some love to people you care about whether virtually or in person and we're thankful for you and hope you have a wonderful you know week we'll see you soon see you soon and in the meantime like uh drink some coffee or something yeah bye <laughs> bye <laughs>